Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Now, you don't praise a person that you see no beauty in. And you don't praise a person who you despise and reject. And you don't praise a person who you hide your face from. You don't want to look at them. See, but looking at the Jewish, and then, and, and then, so that's them, that's the Jewish people looking at him. Then we have him looking at the Jewish people from the cross in Psalm 22, in Psalm 22, 6, where he, 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 he's on the cross, he's looking at the Jewish people, and he said, uh, they view me as a, I am a worm and no man, a reproach of men and despised of the people. He looks, he said, all they that see me laugh me to scorn. They shot out, the, they shoot out the lip. They shake their heads saying, he trusted on the Lord. Let him deliver him seeing he delighted in him. So you don't praise a person that you see as a worm. You don't praise a person that you, that you see as less than a human you don't praise a person that you that you see as 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 a reproach or someone that should be blamed. You don't praise a person that you mock at when they're dying, and you stick out your lip and you shake your head at and you make fun of him, trusting in God all while he's dying. You know, in Israel today, they they don't call him Yeshua, which is the name for Jesus in Hebrew. They call him Yeshu, and Yeshu is an acronym. Of, of a phrase, the first, first, first letter of a phrase, and the phrase is, and that's how they call him, the phrase is, may his name and memory be blotted out. You don't praise a person that you call, may his name and memory be blotted out. This is the complete opposite of praising the Lord Jesus. But Jacob here, he says that the Jewish people are gonna praise the Lord Jesus. Now, it's just a little hard to see right now, and, and, and because when you know how the Lord, how the Jewish people view the Lord Jesus today, how can we see this? How can we see that that, that the Jewish people today are going to believe verse eight? We can see it very clearly when we sit here in the confines of our our, our chapel with the door shut, <laughs> and no Jewish people here except for me. And anyway, <laughs> and but no unbelieving Jewish people here. And it's real easy for us to sit there, oh, yeah, mm-hmm, that's going to happen. But go outside those doors. You know, go to Brooklyn, where the summer blitzers are working today, and go to all these places where the summer blitzers are working today and ask them, how about it, guys? Do you see this, that the Jewish people are going to praise, praise the Lord Jesus, all of them? And they're going to say, it's a little hard to believe that right now. <laughs> uh, I get back to Lancaster Baptist Church and we shut the doors, then I can believe it. But right here, a little hard. How can we possibly believe that? How, how can we possibly believe that? There's only one way. 
is only one way. It's the Hebrews 11.1 one way. Hebrews 11.1 one says, faith is the substance of things hoped for. We hope for this day. Things, the evidence of things not seen, definitely not seen. So we can see these things, but with faith. That's what faith does. Faith looks at the word of God, and faith hopes for what looks hopeless. And, and, and faith sees what's invisible. That's what Moses did. Moses did in 11, Hebrews 11, 27. Hebrews eleven twenty seven. By faith, Moses, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. That's what Moses did. When we believe this unbelievable verse here in verse 8, that all Jewish people are going to praise and bow down to worship the Lord Jesus, the Lord Jesus, when we believe that, when we believe that by faith, then we're acting like we are described, like we're acting like what we became when we were born again, which is 2 Corinthians 5.17. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. There's only one way to believe, verse 8, that all the Jewish people are going to bow down, praise, worship the Lord Jesus, and that's to not look at what is seen, you know, to not look at what's going on right now in Brooklyn and all the other cities where the summer blitzers are, but to look at the things which are not seen and to view the scene as it's just temporary. It's just temporary. Now, the current state of the Jewish people, the current state of unbelief of the Jewish people, is just temporary. That's what it says in 2 Corinthians 4.18. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, 2 Corinthians 4.18 while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things that are not seen are eternal. And, and when we do that, then we start off in a way of life which is described in, in 2 Corinthians 5, 7. In 2 Corinthians 5, 7, where it just says simply, we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. When we do that, we become like Noah, like Noah in, in Hebrews eleven seven. Hebrews eleven seven, which says, By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house. It never rained before on earth. I don't know if you can imagine that. It never rained before on earth. But God said it was, there's a flood coming. A flood coming. There's no, there, there, it's a flood coming. And, 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 Noah, and Noah hears that, and Noah says, the flood is coming. So the, the flood is coming. He says, you know, the flood is coming. So I got to get this ark built before the flood comes. I, I, I only got 120 years. <laughs> so I, I better start planning now to get this done. Make sure that I get it all. Make sure that, you know, it's all finished at the end of the 120 years. That's Noah by faith. The, the Jewish people, they want the name and the memory of the Lord Jesus to be blotted out. But verse, verse 8 says that, that, that they're going to they're gonna exalt his name. They're going to worship him, worship him and praise him. So we read that, and we're just like Noah. We say, oh, you know, the Jewish people are going to worship the Lord Jesus. i got to get it to work praying for them. I gotta be evangelizing them. I gotta prepare them to worship the Lord Jesus. 
See, that, is Noah by faith? That's us by faith. When we believe verse 8, we become like the patriarchs. The patriarchs in Hebrews 11.13. Hebrews 11.13 says about the patriarchs, these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims of the earth. So when we walk by faith, what happens is that we set our, our, our love supremely on a person we've never seen. We've never seen this person. And this is what it says in 1 Peter 1.8. 1 Peter 1.8 says, Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, you love, in whom, though now you see him not, yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable, full of glory. You know, have you ever seen him? No. Do you love him? With all my heart. That's faith. That's faith. All right, now, so now we see that right in the middle of these predictions, you know, the, 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 the brethren are going to praise him, and the father's children are going to bow down to him. The Jewish people are going to praise the Lord Jesus. The Jewish people are going to bow down to the Lord Jesus. Right in the middle, those two predictions of the Jewish people doing that, we have this prediction of the hand of, of, of the Lord Jesus and it, that is going to be in the neck of his enemies. What's he going to be doing on the neck of his enemies? He's going to be pressing them down to the ground as a sign of total victory over them. Like it says in Psalm 2. It says in Psalm 2, Psalm 2, verse 7, Psalm 2, verse 7, I will declare the decree, the Lord has said unto me, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And ask of me, and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance, and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron. Thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Now, somehow, that doesn't sound like the gentle Jesus, you know, tenderly leading his flock and carrying the lambs in his bosom. You know, breaking nations with a rod of iron, dashing them in pieces like pottery. Hmm. So what's that all about? What's that? Well, this is the middle part of verse 8 here, what Jacob was saying. This is the part two. This is the part two of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the, the part two where he's the judge. You know, in the Gospels, we have the part one of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the Savior. But <clears throat> parts one and two of the Lord Jesus were, were dramatically revealed one day, one Sabbath day, when the Lord Jesus went back to his hometown, Nazareth, and he, and he went into his local synagogue there in Nazareth. And so now, the, the way the service was there, the time came that someone should read the scriptures. All right? So, you, you know, you kind of picture that. He's like sitting down here, and, and, and the call goes out, well, somebody, somebody read the scriptures, and he stands up. That's what he did. And he stood up, indicating that he wanted to read. So the, the, the shamus there, the, 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 the usher, the attendant, he, he, he comes over, and he gives, them, gives him uh, the book, which was the book of Isaiah, for the, and he's going he, to read for the congregation. But they don't tell him, you know, well, you know, here's, here's, here's the bookmark here. This is the place you're supposed to read right there. They don't do that. So instead, 
he, he searches through the book. He searches through the book. Well, that's a scroll. Whatever. He searches through the book, and, 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 and he finds this particular scripture. And he reads this scripture, and then, you know, he's finished reading the scripture, and he, and, and he it wasn't a book like it doesn't matter. And, and he closes the book, he closes the book, and, and, he, and he hands it back, and, 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 then he, and, then he, and then he just, he sits down. No, before he sits down. He closes the book, and he says, this day the scripture is fulfilled in your ears. And then he sits down, sits down. And everybody is like, what was that? <laughs> they were just astounded. It's all given in Luke 4, Luke 4, verse 16, Luke 4, verse 16, where it says, he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, stood up for to read, and there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and gave it again to the minister and sat down, and the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him, and he began to say, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. Sorry, he sat down, then he said that. Okay, what was that? What just happened when he did that? I mean, he came, Nazareth, he went to the synagogue. He stood up. He opens the book. He finds the place. He reads. He closes the book. He gives it back. He sits down, and he says, it's just been fulfilled. Now you say, well, what's so astounding about that? What's that got to do with parts one and two of the Lord Jesus Christ with the script, you know? <clears throat> well, it all has to do with the scripture that he went to go find, that he searched for and he found in Isaiah that he read from, which was Isaiah 61, Isaiah 61.1. So you read that and it's like, yeah, that's what he read from. But you read it carefully. It says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. Okay, good tidings, good news, the meek. <clears throat> Sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. Okay to proclaim liberty to the captives in the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, comma, and the day of vengeance of our God. Now, what this all is about is where he stopped reading. The last thing he read in verse 2, 61, Isaiah 61, 2, was to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And you say, so? Well, the so is that he stopped in the middle of a sentence. He didn't read the full sentence. The sentence goes, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, comma, and the, and the day of vengeance of our God. He just stopped where it says, he, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. That was only half the sentence. It was, it was before the comma. And, and he didn't read the, he, he, and, 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 and he didn't read he didn't read that part, which was the day of vengeance of our God. He didn't read that. Why not? Why didn't the Lord read the second part of the sentence? Because that was part two. That's part two of the Lord Jesus. And at that time, he was just fulfilling part one. Part one. Part one is the preaching, the good news to the meek, and 
binding up the brokenhearted and announcing liberty of the captives and opening prisons and proclaiming that this is the acceptable year. Now is the day of salvation. Now you come to the Lord, you get saved. That's all part one stuff. But part two is to declare the day of vengeance of our God. You know, part two is the Second Thessalonians 1 7 stuff. Second Thessalonians 1 7 says, To you who are troubled with us, rest. To you who are troubled, rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not our God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and the glory of his presence, power, glory of his power. Vengeance. See, the part in Isaiah 61, and the day of vengeance of our Lord. I mean, when you stop back and you look at that and you ask yourself the question, who, who in this room, who anywhere would have imagined that after the, that, 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 that after the comma, that the comma in that sentence represents 2,000 years? Who would have imagined that? <laughs> Who can imagine that in the middle of the sentence with a comma that there's a 2,000-year delay? Could you have known that? Even your Bible teacher today wouldn't know that. (laughs) That's why I stay away. That's why I stay away from giving any kind of timelines or what's going to happen when it comes to prophecy. I look at something like that and say, I could never imagine that. Now, you know, go back to now Genesis 49. And and you see in verse 8 that there are these three prophecies, and you might say to yourself, well, they're not really related to each other. But one is talking about the Jewish people are going to praise the Lord Jesus, thou art he whom thy brethren shall praise. And then you have the next prophecy, the hand of the Lord Jesus is going to be in the neck of the enemies. And then you have the last part, that the Jewish people are going to bow down, their brother, father's children shall bow down. They'll bow down and worship the Lord Jesus. And, and you say... Is there really a link between these? Are they related? Yes, they, these are related. And these are related, if you, if you just kind of imagine a couple extra words in, the, in, the, in this verse, it's the words when and then. So if you kind of look at verse 8 like this, Judah, thou art he whom thy brethren shall praise, when thy hand shall be on the neck of thine enemies, then thy father's children shall bow down before thee. Just kind of imagine those two words in there. I'm not trying to add to the word of God. I'm just trying to you know, clarify it a little bit. Just kind of imagine that there. And it makes it come clear then because it tells us that when the Jewish people will praise and worship the Lord Jesus is when he returns and fights against their enemies, which are his enemies, as is stated in Zechariah 14.2. Zechariah 14.2 says, I will gather, God says, I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle. The city will be taken. The houses rifled, the women ravished, you know, raped. And half the city shall go forth into captivity, and the residue of the people shall not be cut off from the city. Then shall the Lord go go forth and fight against those nations as when he fought in the day of battle and his feet shall stand on that day upon the Mount of Olives which is before Jerusalem on the east and the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof toward the east and toward the west and there shall be a very great valley and half the mountain shall be removed toward the north and half of it toward the south. So 
It's when all those nations of the world, they're coming against the Jewish people in Israel. Two-thirds of the Jewish people are killed, twice as, as bad as Hitler's Holocaust. And it looks like they're all going to be killed. Then the Lord Jesus returns to the Mount of Olives and he kills all their enemies. Well, what happens then? And the, the Jewish people, they praise and worship the Lord Jesus. And that will be the time when part two for, for the Lord Jesus, and, and when that happens, what's talked about when that happens is Psalm 110, Psalm 110, verse 3. Psalm 110 starts off, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand, till I make thine enemies thy footstool. Talks about this part two, but then it goes on in verse 3, of Psalm 110, verse 3, T, to first T. Verse Anyway, three, <laughs> Psalm 110, verse three, where it speaks about the Jewish people, and they're called thy people. And it says, thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power. That's part two, in the day of thy power. So that's what we're, this is what, this is the tie, this is how the, these three prophecies relate to each other in verse eight. So this is a direct application, verse 8, it's about the Jewish people. But there's an indirect application of verse 8 to us as believers. We had, you know, worse than all the enemies, worse than all the nations coming against us, we had an enemy that we could not conquer. Our enemy was, was the devil, was hell and death, hell and death. And it was, and hell and death was calling out to us and, and, and it, and it was calling out to us. It was like calling our name. And we would have said, look, you've, you've called so many people, hell and death. Aren't you satisfied? Can you just, you know, what do you need me for? But, but it says in Proverbs 27.20, Proverbs 27.20, hell and death, uh, hell and destruction, hell and destruction are never full, are never full. So no matter how many people are in hell, hell is always saying, there's room for one more. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California. Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Reach Israel. Join Tom Cantor for the second annual Israel Restoration Ministries Jewish Evangelism and Training Conference in San Diego, California, February 22nd and 23rd at the Creation and Earth History Museum. 
early bird registration, only $99, includes a two-day conference pass, meals, teaching, creation museum, and tabernacle admission, plus over $150 worth of equipping resources. Come hear Tom Cantor, Dr. Michael Brown, Dan Sered, and more on how we can reach the lost in America and Israel on February 22nd and 23rd. Call 619-599-1104, 619-599-1104, or sign up at ReachIsrael.com. That's ReachIsrael.com. What are you doing Sunday nights? Join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for the Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. Grow deeper in God's Word with the Friendship with God King James Version Study Bible prepared by Tom Cantor. This genuine lambskin large print study Bible features the history of Israel, full-color timeline and maps, frequently asked questions about the Jewish Messiah, prophecy and fulfillment study, Hebrew root notations and definitions, the life study of Joseph, and so much more. Order your copy today for only $49.95. That's $49.95. And receive a free personal signed copy by Mr. Tom Cantor, along with your name engraved on the cover. To order your Friendship with God Study Bible, call 1-800-247-3051. That's 1-800-247-3051. Or visit us at creationbookstore.com. That's creationbookstore.com. 